on the other side of fear is everything that I want. And I try to remember that every single day. This is Women Who Start Up Radio, podcasting from the Mile High City, Denver, Colorado. With 300 days of sunshine, the highest percentage of high school and college graduates in the nation, lots of women entrepreneurs, and more microbreweries than any other U.S. city. Women Who Start Up Radio brings you knowledge, insight, and inspiration from women entrepreneurs and founders. Here are your hosts, Lizelle Van Vuren, founder of Women Who Start Up and CEO of Effectively, and Krista Morgan, co-founder and CEO of P2B Investor. Hello, Krista. How are you? I'm great. This is our last episode of the season. Yes, this is episode 10 of season one. And um, I am stoked. I mean, I'm excited today to look back at what we've done, the people that we've talked to, but most importantly today, talk about our theme, Fear and Risk. And I haven't seen you in a while. So how the hell are you? What have you been up to? <laughs> tell me, tell the world. Hello, uh, listeners, by the way. I yeah. always tend to forget that. Hello, friendly listeners. I know, because we've had a lot of people listening. Like, Dude, our, our, our metrics are like really awesome. So I, we're grateful. Yeah, I, yeah, we are super grateful to everyone who listens to just come and listens to us like Babylon uh, about crazy shit like we fear thought and it risk. was just our family. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, might be, might be my mom listening to it like eighty-seven That's times. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, hey, hey, mom, mom, hey mom, hey mom, like blowing out the, the metrics. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so yeah, fear and risk. It's funny. I I was looking at the theme, and I I was like, every day of my life is like filled with fear and risk, and yet I almost don't notice it anymore. Right. Like, how weird is that? Uh, I totally agree. Uh, fear, risk. Uh, we've joked for months now about our risk meters. Um, yeah. Yeah, literally, you know, before we even started recording today, you, you talked about fear. Oh, every day of my life, right? Like you wake up and you're like, oh shit, I got to do X, Y, Z. It's going to be risky. Um, you know, whatever. So the, the world of entrepreneurship starting up and like you as a CEO building a company, is filled with fear and risk day in, day out. And let's just remind ourselves, like, we're human too. So there's fear and risk there too. Like, yeah. And I read, I think it was Brad, like Brad Feld shared another post this week. I love that guy's blog. Um, but he shared in a post by another CEO talking about, you know, how hard it is. And I think you shared something on LinkedIn too about, about the sort of loneliness of, of being oh, yeah. an entrepreneur. But what resonates with me is that what I found interesting is, like our, like, so our startup is like started, it, we're having some success, you know, stuff is happening. And actually the fear of failure is getting worse. Mm-hmm. Like this fear that you're, everyone's like, oh, you're amazing. That everything's, everything must be going great. Yep. And the truth is it's not always going great. Like there's a lot of really tough stuff and we've been dealing, I don't know, we, like we have been, we've been dealing with going from like a hyper growth mode to kind of a normalization mode, trying to get into hyper growth again. And it's just, there's so much to think about and you worry every day yeah. that kind of shit doesn't fall apart. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Cause then now the it's like, they'll be down. like, Oh, Krista, she was a good CEO. And then it all like went to shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah I think that's our own internal voices that yeah. well, for one, as entrepreneurs, we're hypersensitive and we have that internal voice that's, really harsh and it strives for perfection and we're we're the only one that's like 
really beating ourselves up like every day, like can't screw this up, have to do better, got to meet the numbers, got to meet the investors, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Got to keep the culture going. Got to keep the employees happy. Shit, I got to make payroll, right? So that's your world in your, especially in like you're, you're pointing out in your growth phase. Um, my world's a little bit different, right? So constantly in, in startup mode, right? I, I've started to just pretty much refine my own story of I am a serial entrepreneur. Like I love the startup mode. I love the startup process. And I'm like, I've mentioned for a couple of episodes now, cause this stuff doesn't happen overnight. <clears throat> Again, I'm in startup mode. So I have a couple of projects that are, you know, on the front burner and, and the ideas cooking and MVPs are being implemented. And so the fear is, are these good ideas? I got to go out there and validate them. Is their product market fit? Is my timing right? Like, who do I do this with? Like, who's my team? Uh, do I need funding now or do I wait for funding later? And so, you know, it's the worry, 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 worry. But uh, I love the risk, right? So I have a bit of a, a dance and a love affair with, with the risk aspect, which one is a requirement, as you know. Duh. You know this. Um, I love that. But um, uh, one of the best, the most profound quotes I've ever heard, and I'm failing to remember who said this, is on the other side of fear is everything that I want. And I try to remember that every single day. That is an awesome quote. It's profound. That I, really I really resonates. need to remember who said that. I don't know. I don't think I said something that profound, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's just something you came up with. And <laughs> maybe, I don't know. I, I know I heard it and it, it has just, it's like on the tip of my mind, like constantly like yeah, Giselle, if I'm, it's scaring the shit out of you, you should probably dance with that. Um, even it makes you weak in the knees and you know, it's a bit of a battle, right? It's not always easy and simple. Well, so that brings up an interesting point. So what do you see? Like, when to say that on the other side of fear is everything that I want, like, do you have a clear idea, like in this early phase of like what you, what you want from these want. projects? Cause I, I came out the other day and I was, someone asked me, how different is your idea today to when it started? And, and actually our idea is very similar. Like That's we cool. have, yeah, it yeah. hasn't changed. And in a way I've always wanted, I was like, I want to do this. I want it to be a billion dollar company. Yep. I want to exit. Yeah. I want to, I want, I don't know what comes after that, but I know that I'm just trying to get there. How do you see that? Like with having a couple of different projects? Yeah. I think that's one that's an important question. Um, you know, I have a few things cooking and effectively the idea that I've been trying to refine and refine and refine for, let's say maybe like a year, but only really started playing with this summer is so the premise of effectively is let's build a marketplace that connects startups with growth marketers. It couldn't get more simple than that. I'm not trying to solve world hunger with this idea. It's just a burning concept that I've thought as an entrepreneur, someone that has launched startups and as someone with a deep expertise of growth and marketing, I wanted to productize a service I've offered for a very long time. Hmm. I'm always thinking of how can I productize a service? So how I laser focus in on like what drives me there, what motivates me there, why I would do this and, 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 and what's the potential outcome. Um, more than ever now, I just keep it really, really simple mm. so that 
if I validate an idea, I have something that I can check off some success rate, like, okay, there are a thousand marketers that signed up in a few days and a thousand startups that signed up in a few days. I'm onto something here that helps me deal with fear, uh, fear of asking for an advisor, fear of thinking, Oh, this is a stupid idea, fear of, Oh, there's lots of comp- competition out there. I probably shouldn't even try. Why should I bother? So that helps me like do the work, validate the idea, zone in on. I want to try and see if, if this sticks, if this helps solve a problem for startups and growth marketers in this particular idea. So, um, I don't know if I just answered the question, but, um, at least that's a little bit of my thinking. You know, it's such, I, as, as you were talking, all I could think was, I, I feel like this is, that is really what makes you the serial entrepreneur. Like, so I am like a, a first time one, like so far one time, you know, entrepreneur. And I, it was like, I had this whole career. And then one day this idea came and I, there was something about it. I was like, I, I have to do this. Like, this is my idea. And so it, and it, I think it had to feel big and I had to be able to see it in order to like leave my job and like, you know, move, you know, move across an ocean to like get something started. Um, but I really, like I admire, like when, as you talk, like you're a serial entrepreneur, so you just, you could start all kinds of companies. And for you, it's like, you understand the process. It's like, you have the process and you'll get to the idea. And I just went it the other way. Like I had the idea and now I'm trying to, you know, sort of wade Refine my way through the process. The process. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, that's profound. Yeah. Um, for me, no, it really is because for me, it's like my first attempt at starting a company wasn't necessarily a technology business, right? It was a consulting firm and, and I helped small businesses go to market and, yeah. and that was my transition into startup, uh, startups. And I come from a technology enterprise technology software world for like eight, nine years as my foundation of my career. So all sorts of weird experiences, but, um, I've known for a long time at least I have been practicing for a long time, maybe without even knowing, refining that process. So I always look at it as like this big funnel. Um, there's like all these ideas floating around, all these problems that I see in the world. Some are kind of painful for people. Some are extremely painful for people. And I lean to more towards... Um, one day when I grow up, I hope to be an impact entrepreneur. I solve a, a, a profound problem that yeah. has tremendous impact that can generate great profit. To me, those are three awesome pillars for starting a company, right? So uh, my point there was I have been practicing kind of like anyone practices to, to get better at anything. That process, like you just mentioned of, okay, well, how I, how do I take an idea that I have noticed should be solved, maybe is being solved, but I think I should be solved better. And how do I go validate it, figure it out, find a team or say, eh, scratch that next. Right. So it's like that big funnel. And I, I, I'm trying to get it towards the downward part of the funnel where I step into kind of what your world is right now, which is like, you know, exactly what North is. You're running with it deep. Um, uh, and there's no distractions. Like, I mean, you probably, I mean, I know you come up with cool ideas all the time, but I know, but, but I you really are don't. zoned in on yeah. North. You know where <laughs> North is. Yeah. I'm kind of like in the woods and I'm like, I know I'm heading North, but I'm like, whoa, Southwest is looking pretty good right now. Woo. Wait a minute. I'm heading South. Come back, come back. Come back. Um, and so, yeah, that's, um, 
I get that though. I think it, to, to the theme of fear and risk, it's, it's maybe, I think we all know there is no getting away from fear and risk. And I think you're living with it every day as an entrepreneur. And the question is, what are you doing? What do each of us are going to tackle it and address it in different ways? And like, I manage my fear and the risk I have to take by saying, okay, I have this vision and we're just going to keep moving towards it. And as long as I kind of see progress, I can like keep the fear at bay. Yeah. And it's like, for you, like there could be a lot of fear because you're not quite sure what you're going to do, but you're like, I have this process, I have this funnel, I'm moving, I'm moving my way through it. Yeah. And that helps keep your fear at bay. And yeah. I mean, I'd say to your point, um, both are exhausting. Yeah. So let's oh, not, yeah. let's not no, joke no, around. Should... <laughs> yeah. Uh, both are tiring. You know, uh, I think you're on the marathon and I'm on the marathon and then still looking for the sprints, right? Yeah. So you're, you're, um, could, could we be both like watching television? I wish we were more like well, that. I, I wrote this on Twitter the other day, which is like entrepreneurship is a marathon and starting up as a sprint. You know, what's interesting. We want to hear from our listeners as well. Like we want you to tell us how you face your fears. Um, Tweet us at Women Who Start Up or at Women Disrupt and use the hashtag Women Disrupt to tell us how you face your fears. Because, I mean, you know, you and I face our fears in, in one respect, but, you know, people people have their modalities and, and their methods. What I want to touch on is there is so much fear and there is so much risk that, and I'm just going to continue to hammer this in my life's work, which is the... The subject is not talked about enough, which is mental wellness and wellness as a whole and staying healthy and having a support system and, you know, talking to other entrepreneurs and stuff because, you know, the more and more we learn about all these pressures and all these risks and all these fears, um, we hear about a lot of founders that are struggling so much that the worst possible scenario are some outcomes, right? And so... Um, I just, I just completed, um, the monthly meetup for women who start up this past Tuesday night, uh, for July. And, uh, I stopped everyone in their tracks before I even said hello or welcome, <clears throat> excuse me, hello or welcome or anything. And I just said, all right, if you're struggling, like you're not alone. If you need someone to talk to, come to me and I'll find someone awesome and respectful and, you know, from a healthy <clears throat> point of view for you can just soundboard some shit because that's the thing, like, we feel like we're really isolated in this fear and risk world of starting up and figuring stuff out and trying to be business owners and etc. So you're not alone. If you need to, if you need to talk to someone, let us know. We'll find you someone specialized well, or or professional to to be supportive. Yeah, there is an amazing community. I actually just joined a, a Slack group today called Female Founders. I've Have been you on that, that forever. I just got on today. So I'm going to actually, I should like find you. So if you're not on Female <laughs> Founders Slack channel, just get on there. You get just on like, there. yeah, get on there and you can message me and Lizelle. We will be there. You uh -huh. know, we should start, we should start a women who start up channel on the yep. female founders. It's in the works. It's just Some, not published. All right. I love <laughs> it. Um, but I was, that was not what I was going to say. Oh, you were on female founders and you saw something. I was on female founders and I saw something and the whole thing is totally slipped my mind. But what I will say is this last night, my other half and I are at the bar and he sort of tells me that he is reading, uh, Breen Brown's book. Brene. Brene. Brene Brown. Brene Brown. Yes, ma'am. 
That's okay. <laughs> Brene Brown. Brene Brown. And, and he's about vulnerability. And yeah. he's, he's, I he's love like, that woman. He's like, Krista, did you know, like she talks about sort of the shame culture that we have oh, and man. how we're constantly telling ourselves that we're not good enough, not smart enough, not rich enough, not successful enough, not, and I, and I think that, it it re- like it resonated with him it resonated with me and i feel like as you deal with the fear and the risk are are as we feel those feelings it's easy to turn them into negativity on ourselves like we are not good enough mm-hmm. and you just can't you know like you have to just say to yourself like you're an entrepreneur there're going to be hard times but at the end of the day just the fact that you're doing it whether you have success or failure or however wherever it ends up for you yeah like you're still awesome. Yeah. I feel like that's what I want people to to know that they're still awesome just for like giving it a go. Yeah. I love that. I love Brene Brown. God, I've watched her TED Talks. The woman has made me sob on Facebook. Yeah. Any given <laughs> post that she puts out there, like, you know, she, it, she I'm like, this woman gets me. This woman gets me. And I, I want to encourage everyone to learn from Brene Brown because she's profound and she's raw and she's very open and honest about being human. Uh, at the deepest level. And I just I have a lot of admiration for the work that she's putting out in the world. But what I wanted to amplify is, um, you know, what if we woke up in the morning and we said to ourselves the opposite of what this norm is, is like, oh, I'm not good enough. Like, what if we woke up in the morning and was like, and not like in a narcissistic way, not like in a selfish way, not in an egotistical way, but just in a human way. Like you wake up in the morning and you're like, you know what? I am awesome. I love being an entrepreneur. I love this company that I'm building. I don't have all the answers. I I, I can't figure everything out by myself. But I I can't I couldn't imagine trading this for anything else in the world. Like I'm not perfect. That's okay. Nobody is. Move on. But I am awesome. And I like to that to your point. And like, what if we started that conversation to become a cultural norm? Like, can you imagine a bunch of entrepreneurs? And, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs are extremely confident and cocky and maybe a little overbearing because the ego has to carry the weight of all this fear, all this risk, all the bullshit, all the turndowns, all the letdowns, all the no, 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 no. Your idea sucks. Your idea sucks. So at at some point, you have to boost yourself up so much with self-motivation and confidence that you almost seem ridiculous uh, at some points. And people think, oh, what a schmuck. She or he, what an idiot. You know, I know. I'm super modest. I just want to throw that in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've met you. <laughs> you know, I don't think I'm modest and I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm overly egotistical. I just, I just know what I'm capable of. And I also know that I'm capable of anything. Anything, if I am willing to work for it, if I'm willing to put in the work, if I'm willing to take the time to um, bring in the right people, um, to just do the work and try and solve the problem and run with it. You know what I mean? Like, then I can achieve pretty much anything. And that really comes from confidence, right? And so that's what I mean. I, I feel like everything we want is the other side of fear. And maybe it just crystallized as I'm talking to you right now, which is, we fear most that we're stupid. The opposite of what we want to be. Like, our ideas are stupid. We fail. We make mistakes. God forbid. Uh, you know, you're a growing company. You're like, oh my God, what if this all just collapses? Well, you know, 
quite frankly, I mean, that's a whole nother episode that we can tackle, so we won't go deep into that right now. But um, that's just a reality. And so you're going to do everything in your power to not make that happen. But God forbid, knock on wood, as I literally do, uh, if it does, you understand that, you know, at least you gave it everything under the sun not yeah. to make and, it fail. And that it's no it's no negative reflection on you. And and look, I think your confidence is one of the things that I I genuinely admire about you. And I have it's funny, I have confidence with people that I'm very comfortable with and I have confidence on like on stage. I feel like I have to I have this like entrepreneur persona yeah. that has confidence. Put the hat on and you Yeah, it's like this is my confident hat. When in truth, you know, I like I really, really struggle with that sort of feeling confident about everything from am I qualified? Like, will I be able to build this company to, and I feel the rejections. Like every time I started compiling a list of VC rejection emails. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Why? <laughs> to motivate or to beat them. yourself up though? No, these are the people I'm going to write. I told you so too. And I IPO for <laughs> billion dollars. Okay. So it's motivation. It's like, I'll show you bucko. Okay. No, but you know what I'm like, I, yeah. but I have, like, I have to, cause I worry if I don't like that is like real. It's fuel. Re- yeah. It's like, yeah. But also it's like real rejection that I can read on paper and I need to, I need to like face that and see why mm. and then try to learn from it and, and not cause my instinct is kind of to, pr- Oh, like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. They don't understand my business. They don't really get it. You're like, don't. what am I missing that they aren't yet seeing and where yeah. can I grow? Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's, that's just smart. And that's a big way though that I sort of handle the fear of being rejected is like get rejected. And I'm like, okay, next why? time. <laughs> like why? Cause yeah. you just gotta face, I think it just comes down to facing it. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I think that's, that's great advice for anyone. Every single no that you've ever received, perhaps you need to look at it a different way. Yeah. Um, make it your feel. You know, do better next time. Don't let it crush you. God, if you're an entrepreneur and, and you, you can't handle the amount of no's, then you know, it's going to be very rough. No, you do get so many no's. Oh, good God. <laughs> That's it the is. dumbest thing I've ever heard. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Okay, well, uh, let's right. switch gears. You were just telling me about this Tim Ferriss podcast that you were listening to. Oh, yes. Uh, summarize that for me because I think our listeners would like to hear this and I want to hear this. Yeah, so we've been, obviously, we're doing a podcast and so I think both you and I, Liz, all have been like listening to a lot of podcasts and I listened to this great one on entrepreneurship by, so it's a Tim, Tim Ferriss has a podcast and he has one recently where he interviewed Chris Saka and Chris Saka kind of tells his story of how he got started and it is really cool to hear this guy who literally, Chris Aka, like, borrowed money to make his first angel investment. <laughs> like, put, like, sort of, like, money off a credit card. Yeah. And I was like... Talk about risk. Talk about fucking risk. Yeah. Like, I was like, shit. You know, you. I think we imagine, like, VCs and angel investors were like, oh, they just have so much money in there. But, like, this is a job for them. And I actually try in my fundraising to, like, put my investor hat on a lot and yeah. just say, if I was an investor, if this were my money, what yep. would I want from the entrepreneur? What would I be asking? You know, and as I, as I sort of heard the story, all I could think was, you know, 
someone, these guys, I think it was Twitter, you know, these guys at Twitter got him so excited that he was willing to like put a whole bunch of personal money that he didn't have on the line to yeah. give to them. Cause that could have gone south, you know? Yeah, that could have gone south. And then he talked, he talked about like a big failure that he had in sure. the market crash. And it was just, you know, for someone, um, and actually, I think this is a good time to bring it up. So he said something really interesting in the on the podcast, which is that he feels like one of the best qualities for an entrepreneur is empathy. Oh, yeah. And as a human, I would say. As a human. And he said, you know, I really want entrepreneurs who have like been around the world and traveled and seen life outside of like our kind of very privileged borders. And yeah. and as I listened to him talk, all I could think was, holy moly, the entrepreneur that you are describing is a woman. Mm. And as far as I can tell, I went through a lot of the portfolio and his big success stories. None of them were female entrepreneurs. Interesting. And it was fascinating. When he said that, empathy is such an important characteristic to me. And I was like, you see, women were born to be entrepreneurs. (laughs) (laughs) Like, because his point was like, you can understand your customer. You can understand your team. You can like sort of see the world beyond yourself. Right. And And you're you're attributing the... You're sorry. You were attributing the fact that you believe women are just generally a little bit more empathetic. Agreed. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah yes, yeah. I believe yeah. many women are. You know that empathy comes a little more naturally yeah. to us. Yeah. And and then I just found it funny that he's not. So there aren't, there aren't like an active number of women uh, in his in the portfolio. So yeah. It was an interesting. That's great. I'll yeah. have to. I, I really will have to tune into that Tim Ferriss podcast. That's awesome. And this yeah. was on Tim Ferriss's blog. I think so. Yeah. I mean, look yeah. him up. Uh, yeah. You know, just, just Google Tim Ferriss Chris Saka. There It'll you go. Come up. Yeah. yeah. You'll you'll find it. And it's well worth. It's like an hour of podcast and well worth uh, listening to. Lots of cool stories. Very that. cool. Yeah. Awesome. So for everyone out there listening that has been enjoying the podcast, Women Who Start Up Radio, or as we like to call it, Women Disrupt please go and uh, uh, leave a review on iTunes. We would really love for you to leave a review on iTunes. We want you to help us, if you're enjoying the podcast, to bump us up in the ratings. Um, If you're out there listening on Stitcher or SoundCloud, we'd love to hear your comments and your reviews there too. Vote us up, people. If you love this, we want to hear from you. Thanks, guys. So I'm really excited. Today is episode 10. It's our season one finale, and we have an incredible guest with us in the house. Her name is Lee Mayer. She is the co-founder and CEO of Havenly, and she's going to tell us all about that. Hello, Lee. Hello. <laughs> We're so glad to have you here um, for episode 10, our final season one episode. Uh, we'd cool. love for you to say hello to our listeners and tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us like that elevator pitch, if you will. Who are you? What are you up to? Awesome. Well, hello out there in podcast world. Um, <laughs> I am Lee. I started Havenly. Um, we actually launched about a year ago, a little more than a year ago. And what we are is we're bringing interior design to the rest of us. So the way it works is you go online, you fill out a short survey, you pay us only $185, and we match you up with one of our awesome interior designers Mm. who then works with you to design your room online. Mm -hmm. You buy anything you want directly through us online at best price across any vendor you can think of pretty much. Mm -hmm. You get $50 in furniture credit back too. So, you know, we're wallet friendly. Um, (laughs) and, And we're basically the easiest way to get your home decorated. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, that's just like the most clever thing. So you're going to have to tell us how you came up with this idea 
And also, I believe one of your co-founders is your sister. She is, yes. <laughs> Starting a business with the family. Yeah, that's cool. I was cool. just talking yeah. to your dad about that. Yes, last week, actually. That's amazing. Um, I did not know that. Yeah. And so we've both done business with family. Yeah, so I know all the ups and downs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> usually ups, Emily, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> so how did I come up with the idea? Well, I don't know. It was something that I wanted myself. And I felt like if I'm not that special, basically. So if I wanted something, there are probably at least a few other people that wanted it. Um, and then when I hooked up with my sister, we were talking about sort of the difficulties we were having in decorating our places. Like we, we were constantly bombarded by these images of beautiful rooms, right? I go on Pinterest and it's like, you know, showrooms and house yeah. and I turn on the TV and property brothers are on and, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. And, and I wanted that because I felt like an adult, but I was working all the time. Like I was getting home at midnight. I didn't have the time. You know, my husband can care less. And I didn't have the time <laughs> to like search through 15 different vendors that I really don't go to that often and right. try and figure out what goes together. Does the rug go with the lamp, go with the right. chair, whatever it is. Yeah. So anyway, so we started thinking about it. And around and around the same time, um, my husband got a trunk club box. I don't know if you guys know what that is. No, you're going to have to tell me what okay. that is. So <laughs> as they say, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Uh-huh. So Brian, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> but uh, basically, it's, it's a men's clothing service where okay. they match you up with a stylist. And the stylist then sends you a box of clothing for guys. Got like, it. Because guys get to shop. And I was like, they should do this for interior design. Perfect hanging out with my sister on the phone one day. She's like, why don't we start this? And I'm yeah. like, I don't know. I've got this job. It pays a lot of money. I like it. Um, and she's like, yeah, yeah, but we could start a startup. So yeah. Here so we are. at this time, were you and your sister living in New York City? So actually I had just moved to Denver. Okay. Yeah. I'd gotten married. So I, I moved out here. Um, I basically followed my husband out here. So he, well, fiance at the time. So he convinced me to leave the big city to move to Denver. What Colorado. a great decision. Thanks, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, here I am. It's an awesome. Thanks, honey. I mean, you love it here, right? I do. Um, I do it's love it. It's a tough transition. It's a, I can it's, imagine. It's been a difficult transition. And I think honestly, like there are ups and downs and there are always sure. ups and downs. But I think at the end of the day, I don't, I can't imagine moving back to New York City anymore, which is saying something. Because wow. two years ago, if you'd asked me, I would have been like, I hate it. Yeah. Get me out of here. Yeah. It's a tough transition here. from New York City to Denver. I've met a few. I've had a close friends that are from New York City and it took years. I, you know, it does. It takes, particularly because I'm an East Coast born and raised uh-huh. as well. And uh-huh. people are so friendly here. Like, yeah. unironically. Yeah. Like, it's like, like, <laughs> Not at first, because we want something. I know. At first, you're like, what? <laughs> I, That's awesome. Why are you smiling? <laughs> when I moved from want? when I moved from London, where no one ever uh-huh. taught, like yeah. no one is friendly, and right. I would get to the grocery store here, and the grocery she'd be like, and she'd like pick up an eggplant, she'd be like, so what are you gonna do with this? And you're like, excuse me? Why are you asking me that question? I don't have to tell you that. I know. In the meantime, you could have been like, oh, yeah, fresh pineapple salad. And they would have been like, oh, that sounds delicious. That's Colorado. And now and now I get into it. People ask, they're like, what are you going to do with that? I'm like, oh, fennel. I'm going to caramelize it. I'm going to do this. And she's like, that's how I was like, I will text you the recipe. Give me your number. It's like the weird. I mean, it's it's beautiful. Like now I think it's great. And frankly, I've made so many fantastic friends in a very short period of time that's good to hear um but i will say like when your cable guy is like do you want me to help you unwrap furniture i'm like i'm not gonna pay you for this and he's like i wasn't expecting that i was just <laughs> i'm but like that's oh, sorry amazing like yeah it's it's different um yeah, it's, and it you know yeah. it, it lends 
in itself to like a different culture in the company and mm -hmm. different types of friends and sort of different relationships than I've had yeah. in the past before. So well, it's thank been you interesting. for that yeah. kind of backdrop yeah. to yeah. to you moving out here. Yeah, you know that's that's a that's a big deal. A lot of incredible people move out here to Colorado and yeah. Um, for the most part, they move here for the lifestyle. But uh, anyway, it's great to yeah. it's great to have you a part of our community. Yeah, I think it's you. exciting it's to, to hear what Havenly is doing. And so let's dig deeper into okay. this. Okay. Yeah. So tell us, like, where are you in the startup phase? Like, where, where am are you I? Um, gosh, somewhere between making it and not. <laughs> um, <laughs> depends on the day. Um, so we are what I would call a pre-series A post-seed startup. Uh -huh. So we're very much in the let's grow as fast as possible um, stage of business. So, you know, you've kind of proven the concept. It seems like people like it. And now it's like, are there a lot of people like it? Um, so we're so we're doing that kind of thing. So we're shoring up some operational things, obviously. But mostly we're just focusing on getting the word out in the most efficient and effective way possible and then making those customers super happy. Yeah. Um, and those are like the two key things that we do. And Absolutely. so, you know, it's it's been fun. It's been fun. Yeah. Um, if I'm not mistaken, you were one of the inaugural, um, merge lane accelerated c startups. Yeah. So that's been a part of your experience. You're yeah. not, I mean, you haven't been chipping away at this too long and you got accepted into merge lane, the accelerator here in Boulder, Colorado. Yeah. How was your experience with that and how has that propelled your current startup phase? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. So, um, we made the decision to join the merge lane class A because Sue and Elizabeth are awesome. Um, and, and they started the program. Um, but really because neither Jesse nor I nor Emily had deep connections to the Colorado startup community. So as I mm. mentioned, I'm a, I'm a bit of a transplant. Yep. Um, and so I just felt like I didn't know a lot of people and, um, it felt like everyone was getting drinks with Brad Feld and I wasn't invited or something, you know, like I just, I just like didn't really know what was going on. Yeah. Um, and so being a part of the community and having them as sort of champions for us was really incredible. I think, you know, it was their first class. And so there, you know, it was a lot of like, okay, we're all learning this together. And they were so open to our feedback and I'm a very outspoken person. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, but I think, I think it was really fun and yeah. it was more importantly, it was really useful. I think also, because frankly, at the seed stage, a lot of your money is going to come locally Yeah, and New York VCs and California VCs aren't necessarily always, although we have some. some of them in our round. Um, they're not always as comfortable funding a seed stage company that's in Colorado. Like right. it's, you know, it's a lot of it's based on perception, perception. and hype. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I think, I think it was really important for us to be a part of the Merchant class and sort of get connected to that group of people. Absolutely. With them. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's great to hear that it was a positive experience yeah. for you and your team. Yeah. And, um, you know, cause that would have sucked if it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I also yeah. probably wouldn't say it on the radio. <laughs> but, but no, it was good. It was, and I think particularly for companies that are local and in the area, yep. I think, um, it's just a great way to get connected to a lot of people. And yep. it was so cool to see how that community, um, sort of galvanized itself around women in startups. The fact that like, I don't know, demo day was packed and, and people were super interested in sort of getting yep. a piece of our round or, other people's. I think, I think that was really cool to see as well. Yeah. I mean, I was at demo day That's and right. that was on fire. Yeah. And I was, I was lucky to make it down to Boulder for that day. And let me tell you, I haven't been at a demo day 
I don't know if it was just because all these companies had female co-founders and I just felt like the woman power in that room. Yeah. Um, and you know, like Merge Lane does a great job of being so diverse job. and inclusive. Yeah. Like, uh, they do it very differently yeah. and, and I like that. Um, but it was quality. Yeah. The pitches were deep. Yeah. Descriptive. Clear. It was on point. You could have yeah. been at a festival for all that I know and they would have killed it. Um, so I was really, I was really happy. I remember, and I'll just truth be told, I remember leaving that day. It was a feeling of both, um, exhilaration and a little depressed because I was like, holy shit. Like they just raised these, these amazing startups just like raised the bar. The pitches were so on point. They were so well delivered. They're really and good. so that's the, the pressure of an entrepreneur. Yeah. The they're realization really good. of like, Fuck, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta pick up my game. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's always both, right? It's always like, come on, girl. Yeah. They you just get, killed you it. Gotta, you gotta pick you gotta up your game. Up and it's not about competitive. It's about, it's really motivating. Yeah. Hopefully that makes sense. It totally does. And, okay. I, and I, it, you know, it's funny because like, so I was the last one to go that day. Yes. You, I mean, seriously, you were incredible. Oh, thank you. I distinctly you. remember. So nice. I'm, I'm, I because swear to God, I wouldn't say that. That's so good. But here's the funny part uh-huh. is when you're the last one and you watch all of these amazing pitches for your oh, life. Yeah. And then also, people have been listening to pitches for two hours, and like, you know, I'm trying to get a reaction from the audience, and I'm like, mm, is everyone dead out there? You just listened to like 10 awesome ones, right? So I felt the same thing, though. It was like, I, I almost think like I was good that day because the one, the girls before me, the ladies before me were so good. You know, like, it's like I had to be. <laughs> like, I had no choice. Anyway, we could move on. It was awesome that's so good i'm and so glad yeah i've been meaning Yay. to tell you that forever i know i haven't seen you well. <laughs> <laughs> okay so i don't know if i've mentioned but our theme for today is fear and risk so you know we're kind of weaving into that constantly like chris and i opened up today with talking about like oh well, we we wake up and we face that yeah i'm sure you do too yeah and so we want to talk about um some of the biggest challenges you have faced as an entrepreneur so far you know, it's it's funny. I um today's one of those days where like I needed a beer at like noon. <laughs> um and it's I think what's what's really hard about being an entrepreneur and particularly where we are now is you're not assured success, right? But you now, I now have a company with employees. I have investors. I have myself and I have to wake up every day and do what I do even while I know that like I don't know if we're going to last for longer than, you know, however many months. And I don't know if we're going to be able to grow our business or raise the capital or and all of these things. And you're constantly filled with this doubt, but you always have to sort of project that confidence. Because if I come in, if I go back to the office today and I say, man, I really don't know if we're going to be able to do this, guys. Yeah. That's not particularly inspiring to the people that like work very hard for me and us. Yeah. And I, I find that exhausting. Like it never ends. Like yeah. I, you can never really let loose. You can never, you know, you're always sort of like a little guarded, which is not who I am as a person. Like I think as a person, I'm, I'm far more sort of open and transparent, you know, wanting to be sort of like, you know, Hey, this, I screwed up or whatever, whatever it is, you screwed up. Um, and, and I, I find that to be difficult. Mm. Um, but you know, at the same time, I think it's taught me a lesson in, 
how much your attitude sort of can affect your attitude, if that makes any sense. Like, it's like, okay, well, I have to smile. And then all of a sudden, it's not that bad. You know, like, it's like I hear myself saying it's not that bad. And then it becomes not that bad. That's awesome. And we so, I don't know. just talked about that earlier today. Really? I, yeah, I was just saying oh, that yeah. part of my big fear is to exactly that point, like, I have this company, there are people, everyone's like, oh, you're amazing. You're going to be so successful. Right. And I'm like, what if I'm not? What if right. it doesn't work? Yeah. Because you're just not, you know, and we were just saying like, we've been in this growth. We've been in like, we went hyper growth and now we're dealing with like, we grew too much and now we got a lot of fucking shit we gotta sort out <laughs> sure. so that we can grow again. Yeah. And it's a very stressful thing. It when is everyone's stressful. like, you're going to be so successful. I believe in you. You can do it. You're, ama- you're going to be great. And you're just like, am I? Yeah. Will I? I hope so. Sure. You know, so yeah. I get that when you say and that. I don't know I think if you feel this way, Krista, but I think because there are fewer, and this is so weird because I, I generally don't think of myself as like a female entrepreneur, but, or any kind of entrepreneur other than just an entrepreneur. But sometimes I wonder also is like one of the things that I've noticed is I get a lot of attention because I'm one of the few female entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And that just puts like this weird added pressure on me mm. in the sense that like, I actually had one of our investors say, we've been searching for a company that's led by a female to invest in for a really, really long time. So, you know, don't fuck it up. Sorry. Don't, no, you're don't good. Don't screw it up. <laughs> you're good. Um, and I'm like, great. Like now I'm like, I'm like the token female and like represent whether or not, you know, I'm sure that's not what they meant, but it's, and it was a joke, but it was like, really close to home yeah oh yeah (laughs) you know yeah yeah so i i feel that way all the time not all the time but i agree with you yeah and and i certainly what what we've been struggling with as we go out and try to raise like big amounts of capital is you can't help but ask yourself you know am i succeeding because i'm a woman am i not succeeding because i'm a woman we ask ourselves that all the time being a woman does it matter yeah Yeah. Yeah. does it even matter is it all but there are moments i you know i sort of anyway you you can't help no no no. i think that's i think that's so important i think lee's Lee's perspective and your perspective krista it, it you know it crystallizes a lot of entrepreneurs out there who happen to be women uh was it danielle morell a week or two ago that tweeted something and she's like, oh, you know, everybody walks into, and I don't verbatim remember the tweet, but it was something along the lines of, you know, everybody walks in the room and they're like, oh, there's an entrepreneur and she's a woman. And I you're know. like, ah, shut up. You lost me right there. You right. know? Yeah. Um, so uh, it was something along those lines. Her, her tweet was way more clever. Um, <laughs> but I sense a lot of entrepreneurs who are women <clears throat> feel that extra pressure so you know the funny thing is is for me personally very personally um i just think of myself as an entrepreneur but i know i'm a woman and i'm the founder of woman who start up so i amplify <laughs> female entrepreneurs but you will never ever ever find or catch me thinking am i doing a really shitty job because i'm a chick well i don't think that and just for me yeah and I, I know a lot of other people don't think like that and a lot of women think quite the opposite um and uh and i love having this conversation because i think it's important There's i different think it perspectives, is and yeah. i think also like what it's it's less that i say like i'm not succeeding because i'm a woman but i, right. I often say am i apologizing because i'm Great you know jesse my coo who um is an amazing woman and also mm-hmm. one of our co-founders mm-hmm. um 
you know, we, we sit across from each other and, you know, I'll be like, should I, you know, something like something came up with an investor, like, should I do that? She's like, would a man do it? You know, like, oh, you know, cause like she, the tendency that, that we are seeing in each other. Yep. And, and maybe it's not a female tendency or a male tendency. We characterize it as such maybe. for better, or for worse. Yeah. But is, you know, we're not as aggressive. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason, I don't ask as much. And I, when someone sort of, gives me a negative feeling i like kind of wither away and mm-hmm. i like don't fall you know i like shrink yeah we and, all- and i like apologize and i say i'm sorry and and you know oftentimes if you listen to us talk about what we're doing she'll say like a man wouldn't do that you know or a man would do that go for it like you know whatever and it represents something more than just man and woman it yes. represents like more of a trait that i think we're finding in each other that we're characterizing as a female trait i like that and what i think and that's a great team member to have. It I think is. if she we can is. have people that we trust that can say to us, you know what? I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit here. Go for it. I agree. I'm sorry. I didn't no, no, to no. interrupt you. But well, I, I agree and I, and I don't agree. Cause yeah. there is a part of me that does, I know that I do things differently as a woman. Yeah. And there is a big part of me that wants to embrace it. Yeah. That totally. I, right. You know, that I'm like, yeah. well, I'm building a different kind of company. Yeah. You know, like we, I think we've got a question on here about diversity and I think we should talk about it. Yeah. But like please. I don't apologize for the fact that. I'm a female CEO and I have 50% women on our team. Yeah. And like that is an important right. stat to me. Yeah. It just is. Right. And, and yeah. I, and I, there are plenty of investors who might be like, well, you're only doing that because you're a woman or like, I totally. should, you know, and I don't know. It's, but that's not a but bad it's, thing. I know. It's not. But it are female feels- leaders better about some, not all. So yeah. we don't, we can't, I, I literally cannot speak for anyone. Other than myself. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, three of us here. But, you yeah. know, it's a, it's true. And, and, and earlier, Krista and I were talking about empathy and, yeah. and maybe it's, uh, and we're going to talk to yeah. Lee today about her team being, uh, mo- uh, a, a lot of women on yeah. your team. And yeah. is that conscious? Is it unconscious? Yeah. And, and, and do you, you know, why is that? It has to be a conscious effort. You're like, dude, I'm consciously making sure that I'm recruiting a very diverse team that has, all sorts of different thinkers, masculine and feminine thinkers, and gender-wise, male and female, and all sorts of different cultural backgrounds. Yeah, because I feel like being a female entrepreneur is like one part of myself that I am true to. Like, I am a female entrepreneur. There are things because of that that I do. I also love to write. There are things, you know, that we do as a company. I think that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm also, I'm very straightforward and I really don't like bullshit. And so Mm -hmm. that is also part of our company culture. Like, Please don't take eight minutes to tell me something. Oh you can my tell god, me I'm seconds. totally the like, same I'll way. Punch you. I know. <laughs> no, you can. I'm pretty sure my team knows when I start to get bored. <laughs> like now, I've started to realize that they like know because they'll just get to the point. Because like it must show up on my face. Yeah. Because I'm like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to gauge the CEO. Right. Their time is so limited. Yeah. That's why you'll see CEOs email responses as being single sentences. A lot of times people write me back and they say, Lizelle, did I offend you or something? And I said, no, but is there a question in each response? <laughs> like what, like you now you're something? spending more time just like wasting time and, and it's just, you, yeah, it's just a, you know, it's like speed and all. But let's yeah. revert back to, um, Krista brought up team. Yeah. 51% women. Yeah. Uh, we are, we actually, we were, our first 10 employees were all women and then we hired three dudes. Um, and then right. we started hiring women again. <laughs> <laughs> and so I don't know what the math is, but we are very, very heavily female. And what was really funny is, 
you know, when a startup's first 10 employees are all male, no one really comments on it. But like everyone that came into our office when we only had women were like, whoa, you're all girls. And it was it wasn't honestly, it wasn't because I wanted it. It was just like the best people that I got were were women for those roles. Yeah. And I mean, it's natural. Also, if you think about the business that I'm in, right? E-commerce, consumer design, interior design, home. Yeah. You know, traditionally, probably more women are interested in that kind of thing. But like that being said, we have a lot of women and I, it does, to your point, create, I, I like what you said. Like, I think, I think there are female characteristics that are incredibly positive and incredibly strong. I think I work harder. I think I'm more detail oriented. I think I'm kinder. I think I forgive failure more and I encourage other risks more, you know, probably because I have like female tendencies. Mm-hmm. And similarly, I think our culture is different because we're majority female. Sure, sometimes it means that on our Slack channels, we're talking about Miley Cyrus. <laughs> but I think also we have like a lot of characteristics that make us different because we are a mostly female team. Yeah. Um, you know, we are more inclined to be family oriented. We bring our significant others into the fold. We hang out more. We're nicer. We say please and thank you. Not that men don't, but you know. We leave the it's toilet different. seats down, whatever it is. You know, like it's, it's, it's just, it's a different feeling. I can't, I'm not very eloquent at sort of putting my finger on exactly what it is, but I've worked in male dominated industries my entire life. Okay. And this feels different, yeah. not just because it's a young startup, sure. but also because I feel like there's like this new. Balance. And you're defining your culture. Yeah. I think that's what's kind and of cool about and your it. Your team yeah. is defining the culture. Yeah. And you're obviously then going to attract. You know, like attracts like. Yeah. So you're going to potentially attract, you know, but I would say, you know, I'm curious about some guys like who wants to work for Havenly. Yeah, we have three guys. Um, So, you know, what's funny is like our first two developers were women too. So I I used to joke that I I saw like every female developer's resume. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know. I think it must really stink to be a female developer (laughs) because I think that the bro culture in like, I mean, this is like a total generalization, but what I've, what I've heard from the two that have joined their team and in various formats is like, you get these like super male heavy development teams and then you've got like the one girl right and i can't imagine i mean you have to have a certain type of personality to really like so you love that you're saying you attracted all these developers and they were all women pretty much only the only developer resumes i was getting were females and you didn't put out like a sign that says like we're looking for chicks girl geeks no no yeah this was like I was, I didn't know why. You just attracted that. I was just, it was really funny. I was like, I can't attract a guy in here, in (laughs) in our team to save our lives. But our CTO now is a guy that I've known for a while. Um, and I used to work with him at a previous gig and is very, very talented. Very exciting. Um, and then we have a couple of other, of other brave souls that are. But you are conscious of this. We are. And you know, one of the things I wanted to do actually, which is funny is when you hire 10 women, it's like, I think we actually kind of need a guy in here, you know, because that <laughs> break that up can break it up a little, give it <laughs> a little bit diversity, of diversity, you know. Right? You do, not, yeah. yeah. My my feel, my goal isn't build a team of women. It's not about building a team of women. It's about building a, a great team, team of talented people. They're all going to be really smart. They're all going to want to come in and like make a difference, and yet they're all going to check their ego at the door. Male, female. Nice. I don't care where right. you are. Like, yes. come in here and we are a team where there's just no drama. Yeah. yeah. Just, it is not acceptable in our culture. And nice. uh, it's funny. I'm so jealous of your female developers. So I, we have a CTO <laughs> and like, oh, we went from like 
two developers to five yeah. almost overnight. Yeah. And they're all dudes to the point they're called the platform team and the girls in the office nicknamed the team the plat frat. <laughs> right. <laughs> like they, that. Like in the best yeah. way. Yeah. They were yeah. like, uh, there's a whole room in PWI that is just dudes. Dudes. And so, and I sat, I had to sit down with our CTO and I was like, listen, we got to fix this. Like, I'm cool. Like, I'm not, tra- but like, yeah. we have to be mindful because it's a conscious effort. And so yesterday I interviewed, he gave me a list of female developers. I'm stalking them on LinkedIn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you're a female yeah. developer. You get come, an email from come me. Apply. <laughs> yeah. Morgan come apply. Yeah. Come apply. Well, it's like, you. it's like really fun. So I was actually really proud of the fact that like, all of our developers are female and a lot of our marketing team is male. Like, I, I don't know why. That. Like, I just, for some reason, it like made me happy. Well, you blew up. Like, all it was, the it's like, you know, everyone just sort of expects like, oh, you guys, it must be your development team. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's My marketing awesome. team. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> that's, that's, that's amazing. It's like, that's like, I'm about to hire our sales director and our capital markets person, both women and right. CEO. Mm-hmm. And I know. And I was like, I was like, capital markets person is a woman. Bring, give her to me. I yeah, want her. <laughs> because all we do is hang out with hedge funds all day. And like, they're yeah. all fucking dudes. Totally. totally. And you're like, you just totally. want them. Like, I'm like, I just want them to know that it's P to BI. I'm yeah. like, I want them to be like, oh, is that like a really cool chick in this room? She must be from P to BI. Yeah. Because only yeah. They, yeah. they hire all the really smart, cool chicks who like. It's just exciting when you're building teams <laughs> that, you know, Here's the thing. If you're building an awesome product yeah. and you are solving a uh, awesome like problem yeah. out yeah. there in the world and then the contribution of how you're building your company yeah. and teams in terms of how yeah. you're building your team kind of blows out the stereotypes sure. and stuff, that alone is awesome. Yeah. That puts a little bit of the spice in all this difficulty in decision making and, you know, when you walk into a room, you know, you're kind of surprising people by their roles. And, yeah. And that's just... It's it's like a side it's thing. It's not like it's not like stuff. I think about like I don't yeah. wake up in the morning necessarily, as you say. I think that hey, I'm a female entrepreneur. I need to hire more women. Right. Really, it's just like it's like when it happens and it works out, and it's the talented people, and you get the diversity on the team. Um, that's when you you know you get those moments. You're like, hey, this is pretty cool. Yeah, like, it's pretty cool. That's you know? awesome. It's nice yeah. to reflect on it. That's awesome. All right, so we want to hear from you, please, Lee. Okay, what would you like to say to other um, entrepreneurs who are considering to start up? I think there are two things, and one's going to be controversial, so I'm saving it for a second. Um, So the first (laughs) is be bolder than you are. I think what I see with women oftentimes, and again, this is just a generalization. I know plenty of amazing, bold women, but like be bigger, be bigger. Like I feel like women round down, men round up Uh is sort of like the saying that uh, that Hmm. I've been quoted as saying, Um, and I, I just feel like for some reason... And I think this is a good thing, but maybe in a lot of circumstances, but when you're starting a company, it's not. The Mm -hmm. reason is like so much of the faith that other people put in you has to do with the faith that you have in yourself, or at least the projection of it. And it's, and that's why I think it's, it's so important. Like women sell themselves short. They second guess themselves much more Mm. than I see men doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so whatever that is, like whether it's starting a you know, a startup or a business or, I don't know, a hedge fund. Um, yeah. I like, that's the biggest thing. I, j- I just, I just think they don't speak up for themselves as much. The second thing is if someone's going to tell you that it's not harder to start a business as a woman, they are lying. I actually mm. think it is. It is mm. harder to do everything. Um, 
maybe not everything, but <laughs> like, but it really is harder. And yeah. I think that like people, and what's great is people are actually acknowledging that now and mm-hmm. sort of identifying that as opposed to pretending that it's like, oh, we're all, you know, we're all the same. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, it's, mm-hmm. it really is harder. And I think acknowledge that, go into it acknowledging that and then come into it with the right tools, whether it's mentors that are women or other people that have done it or even mentors that are men that can sort of help you navigate what is a slightly stickier subject mm-hmm. that's awesome i yeah i mean i don't think that's controversial okay that's all. just sometimes, sometimes it can be yeah. I, but i agree it's a controversial opinion and certainly there are plenty of people that don't like to hear it but absolutely we we are we're just at the end of the day you're just a victim of unconscious bias and you mm-hmm. have to kind of accept that there are going to be a lot of times, a lot of things where what you do is interpreted in a weird way. Yeah. You know, I've made a big effort. Like I, even stupid things like going for drinks or like yeah. happy hour with investors. Never. I, that's I, the worst I never, part. Yeah. Yeah. That's never the do worst it. part. I yeah. never do one on like, it's just, there are some things that you just accept. Yeah. You can't do in the same way. Yeah. And, and you're right. I, I think it is harder. I don't think it's impossible. I don't think it's and impossible. I think that yeah. we're trying to make it easier. I think the more of us that do it, the more, the sure. more used to, yeah. the, you know, the more accustomed investors will be on it. But especially I think if you're trying to start a venture backed mm-hmm. company, like mm-hmm. let's put that in context. Like there are some companies mm-hmm. where I don't know that you face the same. Sure. Sure. Yeah, but I think for venture-backed companies, it is a hundred percent harder. So, how can our how can our listeners support you? Well, we would love to have you guys as and all of you as customers um, in general. Yeah, and if any of you are interior designers, we would love for you to join our platform and team. Yeah. Um, but most of all, you know, I think I think for us, it's it's getting into the community and remaining in the community and sort of getting a feel for who's out there and, and just supporting each other. I kind of I love that. I love this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, like reach out to me. I'm around. Yeah. So uh, online, it's thehavenly.com. Or it's actually just havenly.com. Oh, yeah. 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 Com. yeah. Um, what is your Twitter handle? It, those are the, ha- so all our social media handles are the Havenly. Yeah. Got it. So Twitter at the Havenly. Yeah. Uh, on Facebook, you're the Havenly. Yeah. Um, Insta. And, yeah. And if people want to reach you, Lee Mayer. Yeah. Um, you're on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. Look her up. Yeah. She may not get back me. to you the next moment because she's running a company, people. <laughs> Probably she's not. She's running yeah. a company. <laughs> so yeah. I use Unroll Me so I don't even get the notifications oh. anymore. Throw, yeah. Yeah. I should try that. Yeah, you should try it. I just okay. use Gmail priority inbox. The oh, only okay. nothing comes to mind. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's probably smart. Yeah. No, yeah. No. I have like inbox zero policy. I can't go home unless I'm like everything's red, which is why I do on Because <laughs> okay. otherwise it would just sit there. Drive me crazy. That's hilarious. <laughs> All right. Well, we want our listeners after hearing uh Lee Mayer being interviewed here on Women of Startup Radio, we want to hear from you. What did you think? Um use the hashtag women disrupt talk at us i want to i want you i want you to give us feedback about listening to you know lee's um startup uh story and um definitely go check out havenly online havenly.com lee it has been oh it's been so fun awesome to have you today you were like the perfect guest for our season ending um love your energy i wish you the best of success thank you and so happy to have you in our Denver startup community some final words krista I mean, just keep doing what you're doing. Like you're oh, like all I hear is great things about oh, about you guys. Exactly. So I feel like you know keep we're, we're we're huge fans. 
you know, we we'll... feelings mutual. It's a love fest over here. It's a love fest. <laughs> it really is. It's getting out of hand. It's a women's style love fest. We're better wrap this. Yeah. <laughs> We're so happy to have our guest Lee Mayer um, at Women Who Start Up Radio. So, like we said earlier in this episode, this is episode 10. It is our season finale, if you will, of season one of Women Who Start Up Radio. We've come a long way, baby, as the saying goes. Right, Krista? Dude. I don't even, I don't even know what to say. I almost can't remember like the first episode. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I'll summarize. Okay. In October, you guys tweet me. In December, we kicked off episode one and here we are. It's late July and we're wrapping up episode 10. It's been eventful. It's been enriching. It's been inspiring. We've spoken to phenomenal entrepreneurs as our guests. You and I have learned some shit. Yeah. Um, I can confidently say that we're wrapping season one with more knowledge in the bank, um, just closer relationships with incredible people in our incredible Colorado startup community, which I'm so grateful to be surrounded by. Um, I have to give a shout out to the Women Who Startup team. Um, I want to thank everyone involved, which is Krista Morgan. The CEO of P2B Investor, Aaron Bassity, the VP of Marketing here at P2B Investor, and for both of you for coining this great idea and for helping me bring it to life. I am forever grateful, honestly. And I'm really grateful for Leah Charney, who has been helping as our producer. And I'm really grateful, yes, for Dave, our audio engineer, <laughs> and um, my designer, Brad Todd, who has brought just a lot of graphics to life and, and really helped me kind of bring this to life in a, you know, in a visual sense. I'm super grateful. I hope our listeners continue to listen to this and share and review this and um, gives us feedback so that uh, when Women Who Start Up Radio Season 2 kicks off, that, you know, there's a great foundation and we can learn of what more you're craving to hear and other perspectives that you're excited to learn from. So I am grateful f for our team and I'm really grateful for our listeners. Krista, some words? I, I mean, A, that was really nice. And, uh, and I think we, I know Aaron and I, um, we're grateful that you have kind of opened the women who start up community to let us be a part of it because, you know, it's something that is really important to us, um, at PWI. And so I, this podcast has been a lot of fun, you know, it just, it just has been. So I, and I agree. I'm super grateful to our listeners. Like it's amazing to me that people tune in and actually like listen to what we have to say. Like that's awesome. And we really do want to hear from you. I think Lizelle's right. You know, what should we do differently next season? More of, you know, what I think, I think I've certainly had some learnings over the season of like oh, yeah. things I'd like to see, like sort of guests. And I think trying to broaden out from Colorado. So we talk to women around the country and, yeah. I think that's one of my um, goals, but yeah, just, I can't wait for the next season. And um, to all our listeners, thank you for diligently listening. If you're listened from episode one, all the way to this very bit of episode 10, I want to thank you from a 
deep soft spot in my heart for investing in women who start up, for sharing this. Um, if you're in the Colorado area, I want you to become a part of our community and join us at the monthly meetups. If you're wherever, we have the annual summits during September, uh, during Denver Startup Week. You're all welcome to attend that uh, huge event for women who start up, which is always free to attendees, um, for now anyways. And um, stay tuned, like keep afloat. Womenwhostartup.co is our website. Sign up for our newsletter. We are starting to get more active with providing you with resources and um, information and access and community and people and mentors, etc. that helps you not be isolated, plug in and start those great, you know, uh, uh, companies. So I'm going to love you and leave you. We're going to sign off and I'm really appreciative of our listeners. As always, people keep climbing. Thanks for listening to Women Who Start Up Radio with Lizelle Van Buren and Krista Morgan. If you enjoyed the podcast, make sure to tell everyone you know to subscribe on iTunes. Check out our website, womenwhostartup.co, and follow us on Twitter at Women Who Start Up. And don't forget our hashtag, Women Disrupt. This has been a Women Who Start Up production. Join us next time for another edition of Women Who Start Up Radio.